welcome to the RBL Podcast. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Rise by lifting, rise by lifting others. You rise, you rise, you rise, you rise, you Hey RBL community, now I don't know about you, but when I got saved and genuinely converted, I wanted my family and friends to experience the same thing, and most of us naturally do. Fortunately, over time, um, we do get to see a loved one also make a decision for Jesus, but what happens when that loved one suddenly turns away and is no longer fighting the good fight with you? How do you navigate through such a season and still serve God? We'll dive into that topic today with my guest for today, Mrs. Danielle Adedokin. Welcome to the RBL Podcast, Danielle. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending <laughs> on when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome. So happy to have you here. So first and foremost, um, what is a fun fact about yourself? I absolutely love sweets. Lovely. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm working on it, but I just, I absolutely love sweets. sweets. Like, I can give up anything salty, like the chips and that, but yeah. I love me a good slice of cheesecake. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a particular cheesecake that you like? Oh, the red velvet cheesecake is bomb. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> have to give us some recommendations, you know, of like good places to get that. Girl, when okay. you're ready to go, let's go. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so of course, my favorite part I know, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, Mercedes always says this, but I can't stop saying it. It's my favorite part of every episode, and that is the testimony. So, Danielle, why don't you please go ahead and share your full testimony of how you came to Christ? Sure, I would love to. So, I came from a very, very busy household. I have two older brothers and two younger sisters. So here am I, I am Danielle in the middle, and I am the one who caused my mom literally the most amount of stress growing up in our house. I'm the one who gave her all the gray hairs, you know, that she has right now. I love you, mom. Um, I kind of raised her blood pressure a little bit. And that's just because growing up, um, I was an okay average student. Um, You know, nothing spectacular. I did what I had to do. But then I started to get involved into getting into a lot of fights at school. And it started to get to the point where it was really affecting my grades now, where my grades are starting to plummet. And, um, and the fights were happening more frequently, even after getting suspensions and reprimanded at home mm-hmm. and other things like that. So there was a one day when I was in high school, I was around, I believe, grade nine. Um, I had gotten into a fight, and this was after like a series of events. And with this fight, it turned out to be a serious occurrence because a staff member who tried to break up the fight, um, not intentionally, but I believe got like hurt trying to break up the fight. So, Mm. of course, with staff being hurt, you know, the principal was called, the police were called. And, um, you know, my name's thrown out there, of course, because they knew I was involved in the fight. So I had to have a meeting with the principal, my mom and myself. And basically with that meeting... um, they basically said, you know what, like she's not, Danielle's not attending class, you know, her grades are bad, she's getting into a lot of fights, and they basically told me that I had to leave their school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left willingly because I didn't want an expulsion on my record, so this way I would have the freedom to choose to go to another school without having that on my OSR. And so I left my school in Moulton in Mississauga, and I started going to school in Toronto. You know, the fighting has basically stopped now. I'm basically just a hard-headed teenager 
doing your own thing, you know? And um, so I'm there and I'm with my own, I'm with my friends, my crew, I'm doing my thing. And um, I get into a relationship um, with a man, uh, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And so I'm just putting it out there. If you get into a relationship and you're fornicating, you're not married, you know, a result of that is you can get pregnant, mm-hmm. you know? And I did get pregnant. I, um, I, was, I got pregnant and I had my son Adam when I was 18. So now I'm a teen mom. And so my life right now at this time is I'm working, I'm in school, and I'm a new mom. And so this is just a cycle of my life, of what I'm doing now. My sister Chanel, um, my younger sister, she gets radically saved around this time. And she starts preaching the gospel to me. And because she's so new in the faith, you know, she's not giving me, you know, all the meat. She's just literally preaching the lights out with hell. You know, Mm. like she just knew that the way I was living, I wouldn't make heaven my home. And so she kept preaching to me and I kept rejecting her. And this went on for some time until one day the church was having revival services. And the day that it was scheduled, I believe it was either like a Tuesday or a Thursday. It was just one of the days, not like one of the regular service schedule days. And I was I wasn't working. And so she's like, look, you're not working. She's like, you need to come out. And I was like, no, 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 because I basically told her, I'm like, look, if I don't go to work, is God going to provide for my diapers? Mm. Is God going to provide, you know, for my formula? Like I have a baby at home. I have no means of, I only have this little job of, you know, the little means that I can to make money. So I couldn't afford to take off a shift. So I, and I always worked on Sundays. I was, was always working on Sundays and I believe I was always working on Wednesday. So I was never available to come out to church, but with the revival services, it was those days in between. So I ended up giving in to my sister. She wouldn't stop. (laughs) And I end up coming out to service. And so I'm there and the church is really busy and there's a lot happening. And so the pastor's preaching and I cannot remember all that was being preached. But I do remember just sitting there in my seat, becoming aware of my sin for the very first time. And, you know, it was with that conviction that led me to answer the altar call and give my life to Christ. And that's where I met Jesus for the first time. First and foremost, thanks so much for sharing that amazing testimony. Okay, so um, I know that you mentioned, of course, that, you know, you um, got married and stuff. And so now that you're saved, can you um, walk us through how long was it before your spouse had backslidden? And were there any signs you noticed before this happened? Yeah. Uh, my husband had accepted Jesus about shortly after, so just about two weeks after me. Um, he had backslid about a couple of months shortly after, so very quickly. Um, now, in regards to any signs that I had noticed, where him not being in regular church attendance, mm. um, you know, and just that conversion process that you would see of someone who was living one way mm. before Christ versus after receiving Christ. And of course, you know, for some, the change is not going to be radical or instant for many, you know. Um, But after a few months, you should start seeing the fruit of that and the fruit Mm. of the decision that you make when someone answers the altar call and becomes a new believer. And so those were things that I just wasn't noticing. Okay, okay. So this was a gradual process then. Yeah, it's like a slow fade when it happens. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So was there any kind of like indication, of course, because, you know, you're going to church together, you're going to church together, and then all of a sudden, 
he's just not coming to church. Yeah. Was there any kind of like communication revolving around that before he had just stopped coming or what did that look like? I think that's where it got to the point where we were having conversations of like, I'm getting ready to go to church. Are you coming? Mm. Um, and then what you don't want to do for those out there, you, you don't want to nag your spouse about coming to church. Mm. Um, so then that's where it got to the point where um, I had to use less words and really start leaving it to God because I didn't want it to stir up um, any type of um, I guess stress, yeah. <laughs> stress in the home, you know, about it. Um, he respected my decision that I was committed to serving God and that I was bringing the kids with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took that and ran with it. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. So I guess like, again, just, um, going back to those initial stages, how did the initial stage of this change affect your walk with God? Would you say? Yeah. Um, well, for me, I knew that from the jump, you know, just giving my life to Christ, I knew that it, it wasn't going to exempt me mm -hmm. from any types of challenges or hardships. Like, I know that, you know, once you make that decision, your life doesn't just magically change, right? Um, so just going through this, it actually propelled me ironically towards God, because now I had to depend on Him um, just to cope and deal with this. And that was very challenging for me because I'm also a new believer myself. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. So how would you describe then the journey of living with not only an unsafe spouse, but I guess like for the season that you're in being that one person that was pretty much the only one saved in your household? Very long mm. and heavy, I would say, because it's been a few years now, right? A few yeah. years have passed. Uh, when you've been praying for an unsafe spouse, for a prolonged period of time, you can naturally start to feel the heaviness of that. Yeah. And it really weighs on you. It does. And I think those words are the words that I would choose to describe that part of my journey. You know, just very, very long and very heavy. But, you know, honestly, I just want to encourage those out there that it, that doesn't have to be your portion. Mm -hmm. You know, God has been so good to me. And I know for others that his goodness will be extended to you out there as well. Mm -hmm. Um and you don't have to carry that. You know, I personally had to make a decision just to get up and leave it there at the altar with tears and all. Mm -hmm. Now, because of the reality of being the only safe spouse in, in my marriage, um, my husband gets to receive the blessing that comes from living for Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I did write down a scripture here that I wanted to share. Um, and the scripture is very dear to me because it's actually a scripture that was um, quoted to me by my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and they left me with this for times of encouragement to encourage me. So I pray that it would bless someone else. Mm. Um, and the scripture, so 1 Corinthians seven fourteen. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. And the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Mm. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. Oh. And, you know, this mean, this doesn't mean just for clarification that because I'm saved, my husband's saved. Right. But that the blessing that comes from the Lord, you know, my husband and my children will benefit. And they're the beneficiaries of that blessing as well. Mm -hmm. So just for example, my firstborn Adam, you know, he's saved and he loves Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So my husband gets to benefit by not having a worldly rebellious teenager tear up and down our home, right? <laughs> and like, our youngest Caleb loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. So my husband benefits from the blessing of children who love God. So mm -hmm. that blessing has been extended to him. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. So you basically have been like the light 
in your home, you know, especially like in the beginning stages. And that's powerful. So of course, I mean, I can't imagine like, you know, just going through that season. Um, And as you mentioned, it's been like years still. But I guess what I wanted to ask was, what are ways that you still honored and loved your spouse, even in these stages? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's, I guess, I, well, from looking from the outside, it can almost feel like, well, why would I want to honor a person um, mm-hmm. like that, even if they are my spouse, you know? Um, but you seem to have still found ways. So how have you found ways to do that? I'll share that with you. You know, just, I honor and love my husband just by respecting and submitting to him. Hmm. You know, I still follow his lead as the head of the home, you know, just as long as it doesn't go against the word of God, hmm. you know, and it's always God first. You know, my spouse and then my children. And I just want to put a plug in there that, you know, if your unsafe spouse is asking you to take part in which you know is sin, you have biblical grounds not to follow him. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, RBL community. Please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. Okay. So I guess, again, like just going to the understanding of even how you perceive things in this entire journey from the beginning to the present stage. Have you ever felt resentment or anger towards your spouse for his decision? And if so, like, how did God change your heart in that? Yeah. Well, I never felt any any of those emotions, you know, but I do remember a few years ago feeling just really sad about when I had to explain to my children, you know, when they were much younger about why Mm -hmm. their dad stays home and um, doesn't serve God and come to church with us. Yeah. You know, it was a tough conversation, but it was the conversation that I had to have. Um, And I do remember just a really strong, strong feeling of sadness that I was feeling around that time, Mm -hmm. um, specifically for my children as well. Mm -hmm. That sadness there. How did you, would you say like deal with that sadness? Um, if I can be honest with everybody here today, you know, I would cry, mm. you know, it's, uh, it's an emotion, a sadness, it's an emotion by God. And, um, that's how I dealt with it. Most times I would cry and I would cry out in prayer mm. and, um, I would continue to do what I knew what to do was to serve God and to bring my kids with me. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I guess to respond to that. And then what are ways that you've remained encouraged in your own walk with Christ as well? Well, encouragement has actually come in the form of a friend. <laughs> so, you know, just surrounding myself with other godly women who I can lean on. Yeah. And um, I have a trusted sister in Christ, you know, like an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And I can be very honest and truthful with. And, you know, with her, I have shared some truth bombs about my marriage. And you know what? She always leaves me with a word of encouragement, you know, insight and prayer. So, and that's just, you know, the beauty of the kingdom that you don't have to go through anything alone. Mm. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Cause going through anything <laughs> by yourself is, is detrimental, you yeah. know? And I think sometimes even through the podcast, like, you know, just hearing that other people have gone through certain things, it's encouraging in a sense to know that, 
you know, God's with them. So he can still be with you as well, you know, and we're never alone and nothing new is under the sun. So it's definitely encouraging to have like people we can confide in. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. Do you think it was easy for you though, to like open up to people right away or what did that look like for you? Oh man, it absolutely wasn't, (laughs) you know, coming from, you know, a background of drama, cattiness, you know, girls, high school, remember I was getting into all those fights, you know, I really was challenged in in the area of, you know, making and building friendships, you know, Mm. after I gotten saved to make those godly relationships. So I was very reserved. I held back for a long time, Mm. you know, and so... I think I've developed, you know, just growing in the walk with God, just having, you know, just a spirit of discernment of, you know, who to trust, mm-hmm. you know, who I tell my business to, um, making sure that the woman that I choose to confide in is a woman that I look up to, you know, spiritually, you know, that I can lean from. Um, and so that was, you know, I have a wonderful friend, you know, mm-hmm. in the kingdom and she's very special to me. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. So, I guess, again, going back to just the whole, even just the idea of prayer, Mm -hmm. how would you say prayer has played a role in this season? And did you ever feel moments of hopelessness? Oh my, like prayer has played like a huge role. You know, it's literally my first line of defense because I know for a fact I can't do it on my own strength. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been there, I've done that. And I know that it didn't work because I ruffled I think more than a few feathers in my home for no good reason, just Mm. trying to do it on my own strength, you know? I didn't feel hopeless per se, but more like discouraged. Okay. Um, And that was because I was hyper-focusing too much on my current situation. Mm. You know, I told this to my boys, and I'll share this with you, but, you know, when we pray for my husband, their father, we know that we're asking for a miracle. Um, The act of when someone gives their life to Christ, that's a miracle that you're seeing that you're witnessing. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that as long as you're living, you still have a chance, you know, there's no heart too hard that God can't reach. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So would you say that even in these moments, you're still believing for God to move in this situation? Oh yes. 100%. Absolutely. Good. That's really good. Okay. So I guess, I mean, of course I know that you mentioned earlier on, First Corinthians seven fourteen. Yes. Okay, so I know that you mentioned that, but is there any other scriptures that you do hold on to in times of discouragement? Yeah, there's many. Um, so I have another one that I can share with you. Great. And it's from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm. Um, it's a very popular one with many, but um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, and just from this passage, it's just a reminder that I know that God has a plan and can still use my marriage in a meaningful way. You know, it may just look a little bit different right now, you know, from the other couples who are both saved and serving in the kingdom. And, you know, we see with how the world's going right now, we know that they're against marriage because they're trying to break down the idea of like the nuclear family, right. you know, like all those crazy policies and agendas that they're pushing. So I just trust in God's plan for my marriage. You know, yeah. he knows what's best and he knows the beginning from the end. Amen. Amen. And do you think you've always like, did it take some time to build like just these mindsets as well? Because when I see you and even like hear you speak yeah. there, I mean, of course there should be, but like, you know, there's just a lot of like hope, you know? Yes. And 
just faith i want to say as well Mm -hmm. do you think that this was something that had to build over time oh yeah yeah Yeah. i definitely had to be build you know that spiritual muscle yeah and not give into the flesh and be led by my emotions which can be very easy to do in a situation like this yeah so this is where you know reading my bible and knowing what the word of God says and the promises of God mm. really took into place for my life. Mm. And I really had to cling to that. Mm. Love that. Okay, so, of course, how do you aim to still represent Jesus in your home? And how important do you think it is to be the light in such situations? Oh my goodness. Exampleship, exampleship, <laughs> exampleship. <laughs> you know, my home, it's my first ministry. You know, mm. my children are my disciples, Adam and Caleb, if you're listening. <laughs> You know, I I know that they're watching me um, and they're watching me to see what it means to be a Christian outside of the four walls of the physical church, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and in our reality inside our home, you know, I'm the only believing parent right now at the moment. So I know that they're looking to me to represent Christ to them. Mm -hmm. You know, usually I like to get up early um, before they're awake to read and pray, but I know as a parent that it's more beneficial for me to, you know, to wait for them to wake up so that they can see me reading and praying. Mm. Parents, it's important for your kids to see you reading and praying. Mm. So they see that modeled out to them. And so when they wake up and they see that, they go and they go grab their Bibles. They make their cup of tea. Well, no, I lie. I, I make their cup of tea. <laughs> I make their cup of tea, you know, and we read our Bibles in the morning. And um, sometimes they'll ask me, you know, what does this mean? And, you know, we'll talk about it. Or they'll ask me to pronounce those really hard names. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can't pronounce them either. (laughs) I confess. (laughs) You know? And, um, yeah, that's how I model it out there for them at home. That's what it it looks like. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, as we bring this to a close, how would you encourage someone who may also be living perhaps with an unsafe spouse or a spouse who is backslidden? Yeah. Um, well, just so you know, you know, first and foremost, you know, you cannot change your spouse. Hmm. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, but you can influence your spouse. You know, just let your testimony inside of your home speak for itself. Just to break this down, you know, even simpler, like in more simpler terms, but this took me years to figure out, Hmm. (laughs) you know, win him without words, win him and her without words, you know, don't nag. You know, Mm. don't stir up any arguments about it. You know, just remember that your marriage is a holy and sacred institution. And it it doesn't mean that it's any less than, Mm. you know, God doesn't value your marriage any less because, you know, your spouse is is not a believer right now at the moment. Um, Just stay the course, Mm. you know, and believe God for your spouse's salvation. Mm. Love that. Okay, well, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on here and just sharing your journey and just your experiences in this situation. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, definitely. You did great. (laughs) All right, so until next time, RBL community, stay encouraged.